Wait, so was it Fandy or Tandy? Tandy. Tandy. Tandy like candy. I'm not going to get that wrong this time. (laughs) Hey, back off, big man. I may work with the chicks, but not with me. Just when I thought I was out, they brought me back in. What we've got here is failure to communicate. She doesn't even go here. Some crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. What's up, Loose Nation? <laughs> what? Welcome back to another episode of the first, best, and only podcast on the internet. You know, everyone else gets to do fun and like exciting new intros every week, and I have to say the same exact thing. So I just thought I'd thought I'd mix I it like up. that. Do a little Keep it uh, fresh, you know, Keep sports it talk radio guy. <laughs> I got to work on That's that. That's like um, from com- uh, not Community, Kim the Kardashian. other show, Parks and Rec. What's up, uh, douche nation? <laughs> it's crazy Elijah and the I've douche. I've never seen that, but that's that's what I was going for. Uh, now let's uh, let's for real. Let's get this podcast podcast started. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight from across the internet is a guy with no qualms about keeping it real, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Mackey. Sean, what is up? That's why I was casted. You know, I got to keep it real. Bring it back down to earth when we were taken away by aliens, you know? Keep it real, bro. Yeah, so it was a very uh, very long and arduous casting process to figure out which of our friends would uh, take the third spot on this podcast, and uh, you were it. I thought I was the second seat. Which of our friends, which of my friends I would take to be the second person on <laughs> okay. this podcast? Yeah, I save Elijah. <laughs> Just kidding. Also joining us, you heard his voice there briefly, a fellow who feeds off the feedback from our fans. He's back for more, wow, ladies and gentlemen. Rudy Rudolph, back in the house. Back for more. Can't keep us down for long, boys. Wow. Yeah. The enthusiasm tonight is just off the charts. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm so hyped. Well, the last time we recorded this episode, <laughs> I was, uh, I had more liberty to express my true uh, feelings, but now I'm in my apartment. My Ashley is sleeping, and uh, trying not to wake her. <laughs> We'll get into that uh, issue a little bit later, but before we do, I want to introduce our third guest, or no, our third member, the third person on this podcast. No, the fourth. Third person you have to <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> He's something. I want to introduce the other person on this podcast. That's right. It's a guest episode week. We have with us tonight the patriarch of partitions, the tallest talent in Toronto, the sultan of syrup, the high priest of Hamilton, the 2015 Liberty University Club volleyball mustached player of the year. Wow. Did he vote for the legend Rob Ford? It's hard to say, but ladies and gentlemen, serious trouble is something he can always arrange in the house with us. Sam Eisbrenner. Yes. Wow. Your intros do get better, I think. Um, glad to be back again, again. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I'll explain it. What we're alluding to is this is actually the uh, the fourth time we're recording this podcast episode. We recorded an initial <laughs> episode, but the uh, the deep state blocked it. They said that mm. the takes were too spicy. We gave away too many government secrets, and then we recorded it a second episode. But the second time we recorded it, there was no sound. 
And then we recorded a third episode, and the third episode was actually just a commentary of us listening oh. to the, the episode without the sound and talking over it and doing commentary. But then we realized that wouldn't translate well to the uh, audio format that is podcasting. So here we are, fourth time's mm. a charm. How's everybody feeling? Super high. Feeling great. Feeling good. I feel like most people would have given up by now, but we are just persistent. Yeah, persistent. There's, there's one thing you can say about Lucy's loose uh concept it's that we uh we we're just endurance guys you know the most the most the most persistent podcast yeah. on the internet <laughs> can't <laughs> stop us you cannot stop us from recording this terrible podcast uh, love it uh, before we've got a we got a packed episode for all our listeners all uh 12 of you but uh, before we go any further <laughs> We usually do this at the end of the episode, but I'm moving it to the front of the episode because it's important. Whoa. We're asking you to uh, leave a review on our on our podcast on Spotify or Apple. I don't think we've gotten any reviews on Spotify, but we do have a new one on Apple. Thought I would read it here. The title is, of this review is Best Podcast Ever, and it's from Nubs27. Love you, Nubs. Nubs27 writes, this was the best podcast ever. Love, mom, in parentheses, the other Mrs. Rudolph. Close parentheses. We miss shouts. everyone. So uh, shouts, shouts to Rudy's mom. Shout out. You're the best. I think I love that you guys are pretty much guaranteed between the three of you at least six positive reviews. <laughs> it's all family, um, baby. Because the parents are, are really pouring it in. I think that's that's just a sign of... Of quality, of success, you know, yeah, loyalty. You know, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, back you up. So. Well, I gotta say, you know, Sam, we have twenty-eight five-star reviews on this podcast. Yeah, and okay. nothing, nothing. Get behind me, it. Satan. That's wow. right. <laughs> Don't bring us down. That's you can't bring good. us down on our own podcast, <laughs> dog. Yeah, but yeah, go leave a review. It's good for the podcast uh, success. Apparently, I think this like helps in some way. So do yeah. that. We're not podcast analytics guys, but we do know that lots of other podcasts also want you to leave reviews Mm -hmm. and subscribe and things like that. So if they want you to do it, it must be a good thing. So that's just purely what we're going off of. Something that's not good for the podcast, but is good for our egos. Follow us on Instagram uh, (laughs) at loose concept pod and like all the posts there. Um, they're all put together by a couple of interns that we keep locked in a basement working, just slaving away on social media posts. And, uh, it, it boosts their, uh, vibes if you like their posts. So yeah. be sure to do that. Really got to boost their, boost their vibes. Oh yeah. We got to keep the vibes uh, boosted. They help me out when I, uh, when I'm yelling on the pod and things <laughs> need to be uh, toned down a little bit. So uh, I'm all for right. supporting the supporting the interns love the interns sam got a little excited on the uh, last mission impossible episode talking about emilio estevez he's the guy you know <laughs> emilio emilio <laughs> estevez that's right no we uh we rationed their gruel for three weeks after that they were severely punished for dropping the ball on that one. Oh no they they're doing a great job. They went in credit and, to the interns. They went in and fixed the episode. So if you're if you just went <laughs> back to try and hear the loud version of Sam yelling Emilio Estevez, it's not there anymore. We've resolved uh-huh. that. 
here at Loose Concept, we're not afraid to uh, change the past. You know what, Elijah? I will say, though, if if that's what the people want, you know, I'm happy to, to yell some more. About yeah, why don't, you just, why don't you just give, a, give a one good Emilio Estevez here, just for old time's sake. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like... To. All right, all right. Ready? Emilio Estevez! There it is. <laughs> That one was a little more dr- dramatic than last time. That's going to be a new segment on every uh, every pot every mm-hmm. one of these Mission Impossible podcasts. Sam saying Emilio Estevez. Yeah, so yeah. do that. Follow us on Instagram. Leave a rating, a review, or whatever. Subscribe. Do all that stuff. Shouts to Rudy's mom again. Thank you for the review. Very generous of you. Also. Write us, write us some uh, some feedback. Give us some other feedback straight to our faces by writing into the Loose Concept Pony Express, looseconceptpod at gmail.com. Just shoot an email our way, and uh, we will 100% guaranteed to read it on air, even if you're just like some random person on Instagram who is trying to drum up followers. Shouts to Dana from Fab and Luxurious. <laughs> Speaking of which, you guys hear that? <laughs> yes. You hear it off in the oh. distance? It's coming closer. It's, it's closer. Oh. There it is. <laughs> I'm really like I'm really bad at acting out like suspense for the the Pony Express. <laughs> Especially on and all you gotta do is is throw that track over top and it sounds great. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it's when you're we're going on our sixth sixth time of uh, recording the same exact episode, it's just hard to keep the excitement alive. Yeah, sixth hard word to say. Six. Let's get into a couple letters. First and foremost, back on the podcast length discussion, mm. we've got two emails here. One is from a Arnold. H. Arnold. Arnold. So, hey, Arnold. I don't know. Hey, this person's writing in saying uh, length is perfect at 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. So H. Arnold likes a little bit of a shorter length. Micah, the esteemed brother of me, mine, friend of the podcast. <laughs> and, and repeat, and, yeah, and repeat guest. Friend of the program, repeat guest. He, writes, he keeps it short and simple. He just writes four words, keep the pod long. Love. Love wow. it. I have the inside scoop from Micah too. In that last, uh, when he's when he heard us on the last episode, reading an email from, I don't know who it was, or maybe it was from Ashley. Maybe it was Ashley giving her takes. He said he he immediately opened up his computer and typed an email saying to keep the pod long when we were talking about making it shorter. So, they're passionate people, very fine people on both sides. <laughs> Send another email, Ashley. Sean keeps mentioning mentioning just like hordes of people who are just clamoring for the podcast to be thirty minutes, but he he never brings any receipts. So you know, Word. just submitting the expenses. I'll, I'll sh- I I can read text messages from uh, Leah and Nick. They wrote in saying that uh, my sister and brother in law wrote in that uh you know what's weird about that sister and brother-in-law it's like it's my sister but then she's married to my brother and so it's like isn't that like sort of incesty just like the terminology there yeah yes. i've been trying to back. Your sister's to married to your brother-in-law but well i think that's why that's why they say in law because yeah but they're not brother they're not brother this, and sister by law no i know that he's your brother by law <laughs> That's why you say my brother-in-law. <laughs> but why? <laughs> this is right up Sam's wheelhouse to discuss this. I, like, I'm, we're all backing yeah. up. Sam is just 
But no, you're just good at debating things Rudy like that. You're good at working through these logical conundrums. Yeah, keep it going. All right. uh, I don't think well, that's that logical. He's they're yeah, they're not is. brother and sister. No, that but they would never use that term. He could be the correct term it's would subjective. be like husband-in-law, maybe. No, well, it's like it's like not your, your husband. It's like your mom. You know, you call your mom your mother, but she's not your dad's mother. No, but right? she's not his mom-in-law. No, but that's the point is that it applies differently for different people. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, it's not con- to get contextual, Elijah. But they speaking any, anyway. Yeah, Nick, my brother-in-law, my husband-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted the podcast long. Leah wants the podcast long. Everybody on my side of the argument wants the podcast long. So I don't know. Elijah, I also would say keep it long. Unless no. you have to record it multiple times, <laughs> in which case maybe shorter. <laughs> yeah, going into our twelfth time recording this podcast, it's probably best yeah. to uh, keep. Is this it? Short. I thought it, this was maybe the the thirteenth. Every time it's got to get longer. Um, Sam, are you actually a mole that's Sean planted to try and get the podcast length shortened by sabotaging from the inside? Our recordings. Oh. I, think we've got, I think we're on to something, Elijah. I or, actually just unplugged. I just unplugged my mic. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know why the audio is not working. I guess we'll have to do it again. We better no, keep it short. It was Sean all along. Sean. Sean. Ha- Sean hacked into the uh, ZenCaster platform that we've been using. <laughs> just deleted Sam's it. track, and he's like, "The second time we record this, it'll be shorter." <laughs> it was yeah. Agnes all along. <laughs> Agnes all along. <laughs> Speaking of that, th- that last episode. Dog, don't get me started. Fire. We can't talk about it. I don't think Sean's seen it yet. So, one of these days. Wait, are you are you saying good or bad though, Elijah? I think bad. They just okay. they ruined the best character on the show. Yeah, he was a big Agnes fan. I don't think they ruined her. She was the only good character on the show, and they just made her. They made her like another one of these just like boring superhero persons. Like it's more fun to just have a person who's like random and is just you know vibing. <laughs> It was better when she was that. She she was anyway. vibing. Anyways. That's that's our little Wanda WandaVision touch base. Let's get back to this Pony Express. Man, I don't think this is I think this is gonna be a longer episode. Yeah. I keep I keep getting uh, derailed. I was just out running before this podcast, and that's why I think I'm like the adrenaline is still like coursing through my veins. <laughs> I was out running and because it, it's nighttime, it was dark. It's always dark at nighttime. And I was running down the street and I stepped on something and it was like sort of soft and crunchy. Ugh. And then I th- I'm like wondering if it was a dead animal. But I like, as Ugh. I was stepped on it and stepped off, I like, it all like, tr- like, came into place in my mind what i might have just stepped on and i was like you know what i'm not even going to turn around and look at that like i'm just going to keep going and <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, just don't think about it what if it was like i a, think i'm just like a, a little rattled and scatterbrained what if it was still a baby from that bird. experience oh, Elijah, just, if you could, maybe it was if you ignore it it'll go away oh classic exactly classic. it's that guy's cat he, you don't know if it's dead or not if you don't look yeah. at it gosh you don't know if it's a gooey animal roadkill getting all over your foot if you don't look at it no it could literally be his dead cat that i stepped on and it's not actually dead schrodinger's roadkill what is that guy's name schrodinger schrodinger it's his dead cat i stepped on it anyway let's let's read this uh this letter 
<laughs> this this letter comes from here. The only people that really ever contribute to our our podcast content is our our parents because the letter tonight is from my dad. <laughs> oh, nice. Shouts to my dad. Thank you for writing into the podcast. He's been he's been on a big loose concept tear, which is great. He's listened to like I think he's he's coming up on listening to every episode. So he starts out the letter saying general thoughts, ranking definitively on the top on on the top on my list of casts. It's right up there with Mark Levin and Buck Sexton. But since I am on a politics sabbatical, you are number one. There we go. We're someone's number one podcast. That's all that matters. Wow. That's all that matters, man. We're so Thank you, Mr. One. Smith. Yeah. I'm going to start incorporating that into the intro. <laughs> Loose concept. It's someone's number one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> I like it. Um, length. I think the length is perfect. Oh, there we go. Another person for perfect oh, length. Nice. Sean. <laughs> for those... <laughs> here we go. You get getting the... Uh, the defensive side here for those complaining it is too long and should be shortened to match their commute time maybe it should be made longer so they can listen to half on the way to work and the other half on the way home now we're thinking now we're this episode could have been 30 that- minutes if we didn't talk about um all the people that want the length longer for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> valid point <laughs> he he uh, says that uh any shorter would seem rushed, and you would not be able to expound on your thoughts and provide back backing for some of the random statements. Keep the length episode the same. So, just another, just another, more information. We're collecting data, building a case. It's what you do. I'm in a business research class now, and that's I'm all all in on this that brainwave. Oh I, yeah. I I feel bad because last time that we recorded this episode. All the evidence was for why it should be longer, and Sean just really got piled on, and now we are doing it again. So I'm sorry, Sean. Welcome to my world, Sam. Um, that this is happening. Uh, Living it. Feel the pain. I, come on, we got to finish this email. We're like going to be like 40 minutes into this podcast, and I'm not even talking about the movie yet. This is supposed to be a short episode. Rudy, you need to marathon. change the Gmail's password. <laughs> Someone else, you know, someone else can run this podcast. I don't have to do it every no, freaking week. No, you do. <laughs> we can't out do loud. That. <laughs> um, You're doing great, Elijah. Yeah, back to my dad's letter. Gosh, <laughs> let me finish reading this letter from my father. He says, feels like I'm hanging out with my three friends. I second that thought provided by one of your other reviewers. A very accurate statement. So yeah, people can tell we're friends. Accurate. So that's, that's, that's key. We are friends. Believe it or not, even though sometimes we're disrespectful to Sean. Sean, I'm sorry if we're disrespectful to you. I love you. It's only because I love you. <laughs> Just put me in your will and I'll be happy. Yo, you are. You're already there. You're getting uh, this water bottle. Nice. You can add a couple more wow. stickers to it before you give it to me. Though. Stickers and all, baby. Uh, the natural chemistry and banter between the three of you is the best part of the podcast. See, this is it. This is the podcast right here, he's saying. If the three of you did a ca- oh. uh, podcast on your favorite toothpaste, I would probably listen to that, too, at least once. So we're talking Colgate, <laughs> Oral-B. Uh, I don't know. I could, can't name Sensi- three podcasts. Uh, I'm a big Sensodyne. Sensodyne. Yeah, I don't oh, think Oral-B Sensodyne. makes toothpaste. Oh, they don't? Just the brushes. Yeah, just brushes. They're, they're about that brush game. Yeah, well, toothbrush ranking is another episode, right? 
Yeah, no, that's no, a whole sorry. other podcast, yeah. not just an episode. That's I feel like you guys use manual like... toothbrushes or um, electric. Oh, manual all the electric. way, maybe. You gotta yeah. use electric. electric. What? Yeah, what? if you have problems okay, with receding so you guys gum are just, line. You guys are just walking walking around out here with weak forearms. <laughs> yeah. I'm no, all about... left hand. I'm ambidextrous now. Cause... Guys, I like my toothbrushes manual and my car's manual. Ooh. That's right. A man's man right well, there. Well, it's 2021. But boys, I so, uh... just bought a new car and it is not a manual. So. <laughs> 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 Shoot. Well, did you get a nice car? What did you get? It's a Subaru. <laughs> I thought you, you knew I nice bought a Subaru. Car. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Well it's, well, it's not manual, so it can't be that nice. Well, is it to, a WRX? To be fair, it was not primarily driven. It is not primarily driven by me. It's primarily uh, for my wife to drive. So. Yeah. An impressive. Shouts to Carly. Yeah. Carly. Carly deserves a nice car. Did you get her a nice car? Sean, I got her the nicest Subaru Impreza that I could get. Ooh, was nice. it Adam's old one? No. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Dude, we got to get Adam on the pod sometime. Yeah, I bet yeah, he would do it. Tell him to pick a movie. Reach out and touch faith. I, anyway. I'm okay. I, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Too many we got, tangents. <laughs> yeah, we got to get back on this. Le- let's finish this letter. <laughs> Are we through the pony? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still on the express, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you guys won't let me finish for two Sorry. seconds. Sorry. This is not the express. This is the this is the local it's train. The pony, the pony delayed. It's the lazy river. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Please go ahead, Elijah. All right. These are finally these are, these are his thoughts on the the hitch episode that was last week's or two weeks ago episode since because of all the recording fiascos. Uh, the movie is high on his list. My dad actually gave me his top 20 list tonight. Hitch is in his top 20. No way. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So when he comes on the podcast eventually, he'll uh, break down the rest of the top 20. But there's some 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 hot takes in there. Uh, on Ashley, he writes, she was, Ashley is a natural guest host, fit right in with the guys. I like to hear nice. from the person who puts the power behind the power steering. Sweet. Mm. That's, uh, that's Love Ashley it. Thanks, Mr. Smith. It's Rudy. so true. Ashley yep. and Rudy. Um, rom-coms he writes you should do more rom-coms to give the other half of the audience the inside scoop on how normal guys think of these movies not opposed does he have any suggestions no he had no suggestions <laughs> he just finishes by writing best wishes for your continued success daddy-o my dad love it thank you sir daddy-o thank you Mr. Nice. alright we did it we got through the Pony Express now we can finally start talking about a movie yay yay I hope I, I just hope you guys know I really want this to be the longest podcast we've done. <laughs> I feel like it's trending in that direction. All right, this is going to be uh, we're going to get into our feature film of the week. This is going to be our seventeenth time we're talking about this movie, so bear <laughs> with us. If the takes if the takes fall flat, that's why. Uh, or if they're spicier than ever before, that's also why. Just a quick pause because I have to go get my phone charger. So. So, you can yeah. leave this in if you want. Just uh, banter with yourselves. I'll be back. Yeah, like some we, people just don't prepare we, for the pod. <laughs> that's what we need in this episode is some banter. It's just We're just two <laughs> to the point. <laughs> Not enough banter on the podcast. <sighs> All right. Should we uh, keep going with the Mission Impossible 2 stuff? Yeah. Yes. We just keep doing this. It's it, fun. <laughs> 
I only have 153 hours and five minutes of disk space remaining for this recording, though. So we definitely have a hard stop. Okay, okay. Yeah, a hard stop. Let me know when we let me know when we get to 150. All right. This week on the podcast, as a part of our ongoing Impossible Mission series, we will be breaking down Mission Impossible Two. The second one. Good morning, Mr. Hunt. Sorry I barged in on your vacation. Well, Mr. Hunt, I don't quite know where to begin. Do you know me? No. Should I? She's got no training for this kind of thing. But to go to bed with a man and lie to him, she's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. Welcome to Australia. Mate, this ain't funny. The mother of all nightmares is on the loose. I don't think I can do it. I mean, it'll be difficult. Very. Well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Supposed to be a walk in the park for you. You gotta be kidding. Mission Impossible. More missions, more the second one. Mission Impossible, the rock climbing one. Mission Impossible, the one with the good hair. Ooh, Mission Impossible, the most extreme one. (laughs) Hashtag the 90s. Even though it came out in 2000. 2000. I've been to the year 2000. You ever hear that song? Oh, yeah. That's it. Definitely it. What about the the humans are dead? The distant the future, the dead. year 2000. <laughs> yes, ah, uh, yes. Mission Impossible 2. Sam, as the yeah. uh, the honorary co-host for this series, we'll let you kick off the best of segment. What's the best part about Mission Impossible Dose? Uh, well, I alluded to it briefly, um, but probably... Uh, the best part, I think, is encapsulated in the uh, introduction to uh, to Ethan Hunt, our our lead. Um, mm. Pan to Tom Cruise climbing without any harness. Uh, I guess Tom Cruise free soloing. Yes, uh, Proper a red rock mountain face. Um, I don't know. Moab, th- baby. Yeah, Moab. Um, I I think that scene is one of my favorite scenes, probably in all of the Mission Impossible movies. I think it just like it's a pretty incredible like. Oh, here's sure. the guy. You know, look at him for sure. Look he at what he, guy, look what he does. Um, and yeah, I think it just like it represents the um extremeness of this movie i'd say this is the most extreme mission impossible um Mm. like i said or referenced i guess um i think it just kind of encapsulates encapsulates 
uh, the 90s a little bit and just like they really go all, all out on some of that stuff. So it's a good like summary of everything we learned in the 90s in movie making. That's right. <laughs> <in this movie. laughs> Wrap it all up into a tight little Mission Impossible 2. Yes, just a, a, a just a small burning ball of gas. Yeah. It's a it's a 90s movie in a year 2000s mask, if you will. Ooh. Uh, uh. <laughs> a Mission Impossible mask. Yeah. Rudy, because you're groaning, we're going to make you go next. What was the best part of the movie that you're groaning about? Yeah. Uh to recap last episode, I very heavily disliked Mission Impossible 1. I liked Mission Impossible 2 about 75% better. I don't know what number I used exactly in the last okay. time we recorded this, but <laughs> at least 75% better. It was, there were a lot of improvements, uh, but I think the best part was him cruising around on the motorcycle. Sam had mentioned his, uh, his hair, and I think that this just frames it in such a Tom Cruise way that's just flowing Tom and waving and <clears throat> yeah, it's epic. Motorcycle chase scene. I'm all for it. Love it. Love it. Great scene. Killer scene. I would say Tom Cruise is the best. Close second. Ving Rames. Want or more of Just him. in general, you're saying in on all of humanity, Tom yeah. Cruise is the best. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's the best. All we of can humanity, offer. he's the best. All hail our fearless leader. I hate Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise, his enthusiasm for this movie when I think a lot of the audience is not enthused by it. <laughs> he uh, okay. He tries his best. Speak for yourself. Yeah, he is a he is a highlight. I would say, Sean. Yeah, he's got the highlight reel. And in him, in in his trying his best, he reminds us all that we should all try our best as well. <laughs> he inspires us. Absolutely. The best part of the movie is definitely Tom Cruise's hair. I think there's really no question about that. Um, it's just elite. Yeah, floppy, elite. floppy cruise. <laughs> floppy cruise is just hard to beat. You can't, you can't beat it. He's the best. Best of the best. So you get, you get floppy cruise. You get uh, Anthony Hopkins dropping in for like a hot total of two minutes of screen time. Screen time, just mumbling gibberish about something about the mission. I had to rewatch that scene like seven times to figure out what exactly was going on because none of it makes any sense, but it's great. <laughs> And uh, John Woo, he's the director. I think he did a fantastic job. The movie's and movie's great. It holds up better than I remembered. Going into this series, I was thinking this would be the worst one. But now after rewatching it, I think it's the best. The movie's incredible. Um, and what? it holds up. And that's that's the best thing about it. It went from worst to best? Wow. <laughs> if you had asked me like six months ago what the worst Mission Impossible movie is, I would have said this one. But after rewatching it, I've changed my mind. Elijah. I'm allowed to evolve. Talk about runners high. <laughs> I completely agree. My expectations for this movie were so low because yeah. I just remember it being Do you believe really, that? really ridiculous. I remember the only thing great about it was the rock climbing scene and Tom Cruise's hair. But... It was better than that. Yep. Turns out those two things are still great, but the whole yep. rest of the movie is also great. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't motor, say the motor, I wouldn't there's say a, it's the there's best. a motorcycle battle at the end of it. Like they're fighting each other on motorcycles. Motorcycle jazz. That rocks. It rocks. I, that's the only word for it. Elijah, I think for me, in terms of its ranking, 
it went from the bottom to now probably being the second worst. <laughs> oh. oh, come on. <laughs> but we'll get to that. That's uh, that's for the end of the series. The thing, the thing that's interesting, I mean, not to have the entire like Mission Impossible like encompassing discussion right now, but the thing that's interesting about Mission Impossible movies is after every single one, I always like in the middle of me watching it, I'm thinking to myself, is this the best movie that's ever been made in human history? Because oh they always put me, and then after I'm done, I'm like, well, no, that was probably a little, a little much. But it, they, they, while you're watching them, you're just enraptured. Yeah. I don't know why that is, yeah. but they've got it. They've got it dialed. It's a dialed-in formula. It's because Tom Cruise is electric. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's that's a large part. But you know, like I said, John Woo directed this, and I think he just he knocked it out of the park. Park. I wasn't sure if it was a John Woo movie. Like I hadn't really not thought about who directed it as I was watching it. But then there's that scene where he's in the like catacombs area, oh, yeah. and they're slow mo fighting. And the bird the flies up in slow-mo and there's a dove flying. And I was like, hang on a second. And I went to the IMDb. <laughs> I was like, that, as soon as I saw that slow-mo dove, I was like, this is a John Woo That's movie. That's your man, John Woo. Yeah. yeah. Turns, out it, turns out I was right. And it, it was great. I love slow-mo birds. I love slow-mo fighting, of which there's lots of in this movie. Um, so, yeah. It's all great. That's my best. I just pulled a Sean and is listed it your like... favorite John Woo's? John Woo movie? Oh, I don't know. No, I think that uh, that might have to be Face Off. Oh, mm, I don't know. Maybe it is this movie. I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough question, Sean. I'd have to have to think about hey, that one quite a bit. They don't pay me for nothing. <laughs> a lot of high quality. Is John Woo maybe the best director of all time? Maybe he could be. Oh, definitely not. Well, for you guys that are haters, we'll pivot into the worsts. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hate on it first. Um, there's quite a lot bad. I hate the masks. And I guess that's a continuing theme in the Mission Impossible movies. I find them incredibly yeah, that's dumb. that's going nowhere. Unrealistic. And <laughs> it's going nowhere. <laughs> um, but the worst part about this movie was the uh, the plot on both ends. The plot on the, uh, on the good guy's end. Tom Cruise saying, oh yeah, this girl that I just started uh, making out with, I'm going to send her to her abusive boyfriend who is the bad guy who we think is a serial killer or whatever. And uh, I want her to get information for me um, and possibly engage in activities that she's not <laughs> completely on board with. And uh, yeah, I just think yeah. that's really trashy and terrible. And also yeah. the, the plan from the doctor who wants to buy this disease so that he can unleash it on the world so that he could have the cure. Okay, fine. But the disease kills you within 20 hours. So, like, how on earth are you going to get en- enough supplies all the you're just gonna wipe out like a third of the population and then you're like the richest guy but the world's an apocalypse so congrats it's <laughs> a good point i didn't even think about that the, yeah. you, this is your problem though you're thinking about the movie too much that's why you don't think this is the greatest movie of all time you gotta yeah. take your brain out when you uh, watch this. <laughs> the point of the ridiculous yeah. action scenes is to try and distract you from thinking about the plot Exactly, yeah. and it works. <laughs> it does for sim- for simpletons like me. It works. <laughs> Sean, what did you hate about this movie the most? I would say the <laughs> random use of explosions. Um, it just seems like he's always throwing <laughs> like a satchel and then just just shooting <laughs> it instead of having like a timed release or a remote, um, act, you know, alarm. <laughs> 
arming system. Sean, Sean, um, how do you know he didn't have a time release and he was just shooting in the direction for effect? True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, on this, on the list of things that look incredible, like shooting an explosion, uh, an explosion, explosive is like number like maybe four. Well, like detonate an explosive with a detonator just, is down at like sixty-seven or something. I guess it, it wasn't necessarily the explosions because I like explosions, but it was just like the random use of them. Um, Mm. Oh, <laughs> that's, and that's the best part about him. Well, like he definitely could have taken uh, when he blows a hole in the in the skyscraper that they're in. That first of all, why would you have a deadly virus in a skyscraper? Don't understand that. <laughs> should be. <laughs> Did you see how secure that was? You could only get in by the vents on the roof that opened yeah, up every still. like twenty minutes or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> You could also get in by shooting everyone and just going up the elevator. So. Yeah, true. There are two ways. But and then all of and it makes sense that John Wu, because this is his style, but just the random jumping, um, the joust of, of the motorcycles um, that they just knock into each other, and then the motorcycles just explode. They're also using street like ninjas, like Kawasaki ninjas on like sand. So good. Yeah, yeah. it would never work. There's, Which they end up changing the tires. Um, yeah. There's like clear continuity errors in that stuff. Um, but and I could go right down the list. If you really want to have a good time with this movie, you can go to IMDb and look at the, the goof section which normally for <laughs> a, a pretty decent movie there might be like 20 or so goofs. This one has 101. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's why it's a good movie. And what's hilarious if you go back and watch it, a lot of the um, problems are like there's random cast and crew members that are just in the background. That's what's great about it. There's eight times when there's crew or equipment visible. Now I don't remember seeing any of these, but I would like to rewatch it knowing those facts. Um, yeah. Also, errors in geography. I mean, that's just basic, uh, you know, elementary level um, stuff. Uh, character errors for continuity which is a pretty big thing in a movie there's 25 errors yeah 18 factual errors and 14 revealing mistakes irrelevant uh, irrelevant so anyway i just think it's a funny thing to go go check out if you if you think this is the best movie ever yeah um go check that out and then rewatch it and it's hilarious it's, it's almost like a comedy at that point it is well that's part of the entertainment value um so I was reading also something on uh, IMDb, Sean, uh, that I think corroborates your your point. John Woo initially cut a three and a half hour version of this movie. Let's oh, go. Geez. And the studio was like, nah, you, you can have two hours. So <laughs> there's an hour and a half of this movie on the cutting room floor that uh, maybe would have connected some of those continuity errors or like helped the plot make a bit more sense. But um, no. I don't know. I feel like knowing that it's like, okay, that's probably why some of this is really, really dumb. Um, but maybe that <laughs> the would only be The reason my... why the, uh, the unreleased version was uh, three and a half hours long is because rather than having... Uh, sixty percent of the scenes be in slow motion. They actually had the entire movie shot in slow motion. It was just all slow mo. 
<laughs> just the whole thing. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing is slow-mo. Well, that, so I, that would be my worst, I think, to build off of Sean's, is that there is a hour and a half of this movie that we didn't get to see. So that's a bummer. <laughs> So that that's the worst is that there's not more of it. I can yeah. get behind that worst. You know what's funny though is like no one's ever asked like, oh, let's get the John Woo cut. The John you know, Woo like, cut. Let's get like, it. It's trending. happening. I'm content. I'm content with what I have. I don't need to see an hour and a half more of this. I think that a uh, counterpoint to Sean's point about all the goose. This is this movie's jazz, baby. You don't you don't complain about the the someone hitting a bad note every now and then. You're just like you're you're in the moment. You're in the vibes. This is like this is a Jackson Pollock painting of a movie. No one's go- looking at a Jackson Pollock painting and being like, you know what, the lines aren't very straight here. Like, no, it's the vibe, it's the feel, man. We're just grooming, we're riffing, baby. It's jazz. <laughs> I was trying to come up with the worst part about this movie, and I couldn't. Everything that I thought was like you a bad thing to. about it, the more I thought about it, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it, and it became a good thing about the movie. I, I literally cannot think of a bad thing about it. It's all good. It's perfect. It's a perfect movie, I think. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a work of art. Elijah, wow. Elijah, (laughs) your your jazz uh, metaphor, um, just I feel like you could intercut just uh, a lyric, or not a lyric, a line of Ryan Gosling in, um, uh, oh shoot, I forget the name, the musical that he's in with Emma uh, Emma Stone. La La Land? Yeah. Just he, I'm pretty sure he has a section of that or par, a line in that movie where he's explaining what jazz is, and I feel like that was you just there. No, I just think that people, when they say that they, you know, hate Mission Impossible too, they just they don't have context. They don't know where it comes from. You know? Mission Impossible too was born in a little flop house in New Orleans, and it just because people were crammed in there, they spoke five different languages, they couldn't talk to each other. The only way they could communicate was with Mission Impossible 2. So I think that that's part of the problem, is that you can't hear it, you know, you have to see it, you have to see what's at stake. I mean, look at these fellas. Look at, look at the, the Tom Cruise. He just hijacked the song, he's on his own trip. Every one of these guys is composing, they're rearranging, they're writing, and they're playing the melody. They're just, and now look. John Woo. He's got his own idea. And so it's conflict, and it's compromised, and it's just, it's new every time. It's brand new every night. It's very, very exciting. <laughs> Go ahead. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, Damien Chazelle, when they were filming uh, uh, La La Land, that was actually his direction to Ryan Gosling was just talk about Mission Impossible 2. And that's <laughs> what came out. Well, speaking of Damien Chazelle, I was going to say, I kind of want to, I want a gif of uh what's his name baldy mcbald pants saying all right gang whiplash <laughs> and then tom cruise <laughs> shooting a bunch of ordinances and driving around yeah. on a motorcycle. <laughs> uh, underrated movie all right well we're i don't think we're ever gonna see eye to eye on this point so we'll keep the keep the train rolling next we're gonna talk about cut a scene at a scene Sam, as our guest, let me explain, explain to you how oh. this works. This is the part of the program where we cut a scene out of the movie and then we come up with a scene to add back into the movie. Thank you, Elijah. Um, last time we did this, I did a start into the section and then ask for clarification. So I appreciate yeah, that see? you uh, that you got on top of that at the beginning. That's, that's helpful. 
Rudy always complains, and it's justified every week. So yeah, you know, sometimes you just gotta just gotta prove the haters wrong. That's right. What are you cutting out, Sam? Um, I my cut is, uh, well, yeah, I guess my my cut a scene and my recast role probably are related. Um, but uh, basically, there's a whole bunch of uh, the like what I feel like is a bit of a forced romance between Tom Cruise and uh, Tandy Newton. Okay. Uh, and um, I just think like the scene, like the scene where they're like, like she's in the Porsche and, or he's in the Porsche and she's in the, the Audi or whatever. And they're like racing <laughs> and then they like crash and he like, they almost kill or she almost kills them or he almost kills them. I don't know. And then he saves her and she's just like, Oh, you saved my life. So let's make out. And now I want to hang out with you. Like I, it just, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot it makes of perfect sense. sense. Um, they don't have any seatbelts on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also That's because seatbelts are for losers, dog. You can't make a tight movie with everyone wearing seatbelts in it. Elijah tight movies have tight seatbelts. I am pro seatbelt. <laughs> interesting point that was phrased phrased so well that i I can't really disagree with it now that you mentioned (laughs) it um yeah so i would say and and as an extension of that or actually probably more importantly the stuff where tom cruise is asking her to go like get involved in a relationship that is like uncomfortable and unsafe and that yeah it's not great not not yeah uh, not ideal so. Pimping out random people that you've met like two days prior is not a, yeah. not the move. No, I mean pimping anybody out is not the move, but especially especially yeah. not in that situation. <laughs> yeah. So um, my Atta scene uh, is just get rid of some of that not so good stuff and take the stuff that I love a lot, like the rock climbing at the beginning of the movie. And I think you need to like tie that into the climax somehow. So have him. Oh yeah. Um, you know, have the the facility at the end before the motorcycle chase, have that be like somewhere with a larger cliff wall that he has to climb up or, you know, mm. somewhere else like in that final um, that final battle or chase or fight, like just get him to to fight a little bit on on the rock wall. But that actually maybe is a bit uh, foreshadowing for another Mission Impossible movie that I appreciate the payoff in later on. So Ooh, no spoilers, no spoilers. But uh, yeah, it's really yeah. the climbing scene at the beginning is really the uh, the Chekhov's gun of the uh, the whole movie right there. Yeah. It's like it's the Chekhov's gun that never goes off in the final act. You know, you can't have a Tom Cruise climbing scene in the beginning and not have him do some sort of climbing action sequence at the end. Yeah. You know. It's like it's Chekhov's, part of the rules. Chekhov's dino. Yeah. <laughs> Chekhov's, uh, yeah, Chekhov's free soloing yeah, problem. Exactly. I was reading, it was funny, you guys were talking about the, uh, the trivia about the movie on IMDb. I was reading some trivia, and this was actually the movie that gave Alex Honnold the inspiration to film his movie, Free Solo. Oh. Bet you didn't know that. Really? Little fun fact. Yeah, totally. I didn't see that. I don't. I don't see that in the trivia. Look it up. You got to read between the lines. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure if you look for Alex Honnold, Mission Impossible, there is a video on YouTube where yeah. he reviews 
that scene. He I haven't watched it. And he, that scene. I'm just pretty sure. And he says it. how tight it is. Yeah. And he was like, wow, Tom Cruise probably can do this in real life. He's my idol. I think he says that. He's like, he's like, wow, Tom Cruise is a better climber than me. Yeah. Funny, uh, real trivia. John Woo found himself locked out of the editing room by Tom Cruise, who took ownership of the final cut. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Are you for real? <laughs> That's wild. Uh, Tom Cruise also enjoyed cold bananas on set. <laughs> As oh opposed to warm bananas? He's he is so the worst. I can't believe you like him, Elijah, because he's like the worst oh, of all so actors. Great. He is like the pinnacally the worst of all the worst actors. He's just... You're thinking about this wrong. Just like yeah. mentally pictured Tom Cruise locked in the editing room with John Woo outside the door, pounding on the door to be let him. He's just sitting in there munching on cold bananas. Like, mm. that's incredible. Ugh. It's confounding in the best way possible. And that, that wasn't a goof. That was that was trivia. I love it. That makes Again, that makes the movie even better, in my opinion. Like, wh- why would you like cold bananas? Why wouldn't we you just have like frozen lot- bananas? Like, what? What's so special about cold bananas? <laughs> Knowing Tom Cruise, there's a very there's a very specific number measurement that they, that the yeah. temperature has to get to before he'll eat them. Forty eight degrees. <laughs> exact. <laughs> there's an intern on set purely to just uh, check the temperature of Tom Cruise's he bananas. Inj- he injects one of those little thermometers into the butt of the banana. <laughs> <laughs> These bananas are too warm. <laughs> see it happening what are we uh, even talking about here what is this podcast about uh cut a scene out of scene we're still on cut a scene out of scene uh who wants to do their thing next <laughs> I'll i go. can do it oh you oh, go really okay i'll do it um sorry elijah but i, I found the slow-mo scenes incredibly dumb uh, anytime <laughs> anytime it just really accentuates the uh the snobbiness and the uh, uh what's the word uh the jerk jerk factor of tom cruise when he's sliding in slow motion and his weird smile grimace creeps over his face <laughs> and he's like pretending to shoot bad guys and i just hate it i hate it so much so Getting rid of that. Anytime he's in slow motion, get it over with quicker. And, uh, yeah, I want to end this movie um, by also ending the franchise. And in that uh, bike (laughs) show-off scene, I want the girl Naya to shoot both Tom Cruise and the other guy that he's going out against. (laughs) And then there'll never be another Mission Impossible Get off this podcast. Get out of here. Rudy, they get better. Okay, maybe maybe I'm jumping the gun, but... Yeah. I mean... I don't think they do get better, but they the, do because they do this is the better. pinnacle of like <laughs> of all filmmaking. But uh, they're also good. Yeah. I love the slow mo. I, I mean, again, like if the nothing is cooler than a slow mo fight. Like fighting in movies is cool, but then when you put it in slow mo, it takes it to a, it's like a cool multiplier because you can actually <laughs> see what's going on. You can see the movements. You get, it's like a dance, man. This is art, baby. Teach Mission Impossible 2 in art school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, I actually think the slow-mo... I think Tom Cruise being known for doing his own stunts, like like actually doing them, like seeing them in real time makes them more impressive. Yeah. Um, 
Exactly. But seeing them in slow-mo, it's like, well, is he actually like, it makes it seem less real in my opinion. Mm, So, but that being said, the slow-mo scenes in this movie, um, like a lot of the ones that they really emphasize, like aren't really that impressive of a stunt. It's just, it's cool because they made it slow-mo. So I'm okay with that. Take something that's not that cool and make it cooler. But like some of the rock climbing stuff, probably don't need the slow-mo because it's already just cool, you know? True. It's valid, yeah. Counterpoint, though, John Woo's, like, signature is slow-mo. He's, like, the slow-mo guy. So mm. you, you you bring John Woo in to direct a movie, and there will be slow-mo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my cut of scene are all the close-ups. Um, I think John Woo's also known for that, where he just gets super close to someone's <laughs> face. And it seemed like Sean Ambrose was always like sweating profusely, even in <laughs> beachside uh, with a breeze. Uh, Sydney, Australia, he was still just sweating. Um, Which guy is Sean Ambrose? Is that the bad guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay. I'm I'm cutting some of the close-ups and the mask use at the end, where he somehow has a mask of his own face in his pocket. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and another mask of the other guy's face. Um, just while it was part of the prepared. plan all along. I'm adding more um, team time. Um, I think Mission Impossible. Sean loves what the makes team the, time. the 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 last or the the newest movies. I think really good is the assembling of a really good team behind um, Ethan Hunt. So this movie only has two real. You know, helpers, Ving Rames, and then this other guy who I don't even know his name. Um, doesn't need to be said. Um, John Polson. But if they Billy had Baird. a couple more cast members in there and then had some more montages of, you know, planning the different uh, scenes. Like at the end, we don't really know what's going to happen when they're attacking this like underground lair that's filled with pigeons. Um, <laughs> Slow-mo pigeons. So I think that... That's what makes the movies really incredible for me is those two themes throughout the later franchise mm. installments. Not to counterpoint every point that's being made, but <laughs> counterpoint to the mask scene. I'd seen this movie before. I've seen this movie. This is probably my like fourth or fifth time watching this movie. But I was still shocked when they, they took off the mask and that it was the other guy. I was like... When they first show the finger and you put it together, I was just like, what? No way. I, I totally forgot about it. I completely blanked on it, and it, it surprised me all over again. I think it holds Elijah. up. It's a great scene. I love that mask scene. Yeah. Well, I wish I could see the world through your eyes. <laughs> we'll have a chance to express our opinions of the use of masks in a later segment. So. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. There's more, folks. We're about oh, yeah. an hour more. and a half into the recording, and there's more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, my cut a scene, add a scene, uh, kind of similar to Sam's. I don't know that like the girl is even really that important to the plot of the movie, so I was wondering if you could cut her out altogether. I think like when you don't have a plot at all, like you can really just like cut anybody out, and it's pretty pretty <laughs> much okay. But like. The whole movie sort of hinges on, like, the bad guy just being, like, you know, wanting to have sex. And he's just, like, sex-starved. And it's, like, 
Yeah. It just feels like a, a lame thing for the movie to hinge on. So there could be like, <laughs> wouldn't that be the worst part? <laughs> Danny Newton could still be in this movie, but in a, like a different capacity. I just don't know. Like, like you could have some other motivation for the bad guy. So I guess that's what I'm cutting out is maybe that dynamic. But I want to keep Tandy Newton in the movie, maybe, because I do love the car scene. Now that Sam brought it up, I think the car <laughs> scene is great. You just have Tom Cruise, like, smiling the whole time, and then they're making out all of a sudden. It's awesome. <laughs> they're, like, spinning out. You know, the first thing I always want to do after I have a near-death experience is just make out with someone. So it checks out. It's very realistic. Is that um, what he screams at her? Good. Feel better? <laughs> that part yeah, I think like- so. Feel better. <laughs> that yeah. was when he's trying to convince her to go do all this weird stuff. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're like, right. It sounds like a line out go. of like Tom Cruise's normal vocabulary. <laughs> Feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got insurance people breathing down my neck. Feel better. <laughs> <laughs> we are not shutting this movie down. Yeah. Feel better. <laughs> channeling real life tom cruise if you have covid eat a cold banana and feel better (laughs) i'm gonna have to clip the clip feel better and put it in the theme song for the podcast um but i'm uh what i'm gonna add in is i'm adding in more ving rames i love ving he's the one part of this these movies that i feel like there's never enough of and i could always have more so more ving i don't know like he just, it just feels like he's like sitting in a van or a helicopter for most of this movie so maybe he <laughs> yeah. gets out in the action a little bit maybe you put him on a motorcycle too and he's cruising with tom cruise maybe he's driving maybe he's driving the motorcycle and tom cruise is like hanging onto his back like a little koala that he is <laughs> and he's like <laughs> i would love to see he's that. like hanging off of him and shooting the other guy I don't know. Yes. There's lots of possibilities. More <laughs> more scenes for Ving. So that's that's my uh, my Atta scene. But a great the best best line in the movie I think goes to Ving with uh, that punk put a hole in my Versace. Yes, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Got to give that to you. So that's yeah. cut a scene, Atta scene. Speaking of actors, let's pivot into recast a role. I'll start my recast. Um, the bad guy, he's fine. Like Sean said, he's a little sweaty. Um, I don't know why he's so sweaty. Probably because he's just a, a total perv. But um, <laughs> I want someone because I'm I'm cutting out the pervy side of him, him, and I'm just making him sort of like a villain, like more straight up classic, you know, guy who wants to just like is angry at people and wants to take out or like get some vengeance on a government or something. We're gonna put in Sean Bean as the main bad guy. I want someone. He's like <laughs> I think he'd be more menacing. This guy just sort of like seems like you know like a little like a narp like a dork like this guy he's weak i need someone a little stronger in the villain role so give me sean bean bringing it back a little more a little more gravitas to that role Hmm. can't say no to sean bean he's gonna Um, die in the end though right (laughs) is it uh or they become friends and then he's in all the other ones and they're doing missions together is it relevant that sean bean was the villain in another spy movie five years prior to that? Nah, dog. It's just like no. a resume material. Yeah, you know, okay. he was, he's just, done it before. He can do it again. Just keep plugging them in. It's all good. James Bond, Mission yeah. Impossible. Uh, he should be <laughs> national in the national treasure. Probably. Oh, yeah. There you go. He was a national treasure. Yeah. He was great. It's pretty much the same role. Like, he, nobody crushes that role. Uh, like, 
like uh, Sean Bean does. Like he's, you always like sort of feel for him a little bit. He always sort of has a good reason. He's one of these guys where it's like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe the world is overpopulated. I don't know. (laughs) So that's my recast. I also thought there was a golden opportunity. I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight is 2020, but this was the, with this, this random, rando, like Australian guy, that was a golden opportunity to introduce uh, Simon Pegg, who later on becomes sort of a staple of the franchise. So that was my other one that I thought maybe, you know, if they were a little more forward thinking at the time they could have done. But, um, yeah, other than that. Yeah. And that would connect to Sean's, uh, you know, having the team be introduced. Uh, exactly. Uh, you oh, know. It all comes together. Teamwork. Yeah. I, it was a fun trivia that, uh, Dugray Scott was, uh, who plays Sean Ambrose. He was supposed to play Wolverine in X-Men, but was injured. Um, huh. I guess he he literally got injured in a motorbike accident, it says, and couldn't film uh, X-Men. So then Hugh Jackman took his place as Wolverine. But I think it would be cool uh, to have mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman as the villain in this movie. Oh, I see what you did there. I like it. I see but what you if- did there. Kind of, if if he was sort of the prestige type villain, if you've seen the movie The Prestige, um, yeah, where he's just cunning and, uh, you know, some people can't really see Hugh Jackman as a villain after all of the recent movies he's been in where he's a hero, but that's, that's the kind of version of uh, Hugh Jackman that I would like in this movie. I think it could work. That could work. I dig it. Sean, cunning is a good we... word. If we do that, or if if they did that, does that mean that we get Hugh Gray Scott as Wolverine? No, because Hugh Jackman doesn't <laughs> injure himself in a motorcycle my, motorcycle uh, okay. accident nice. <laughs> nice. in this uh, alternate reality. <laughs> wow! So Dugray Gray like just it. doesn't have a job just in this more alternate Hugh reality. Yeah, so, more yeah. Hugh Jackman. Sorry, Dugray. Gray. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Dugray Gray out of a job, just on on the unemployment line. Or do gray. Maybe we can find something else for him to do. Cool. You want to go ahead, Rudy? Yeah, sure, Sam. Because I also want to. I want to take care of uh, Sean Ambrose. That is. Is that his name? Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Sean yeah, Ambrose. The bad guy. <laughs> do gray. The, the bad do gray guy. Scott. Uh, what a terrible name. Uh, he's he's getting the. Do gray or Sean? Do gray. Obviously, Sean's a great name. Sean's a, <laughs> wow. A stunning name. Thank um, you. Thank you. Where Elijah wants to go for the more uh, relatable bad guy, you know how much I hate relatable bad guys. Uh, I'm going for the <laughs> slimy, evil Cillian Murphy, uh, where he's just oh. got snake eyes and just looks like Skid Farkas from uh, Skid Farkas. Story. Just you know he's bad, bad to the bone, and I want him to be the bad guy. Okay, Skid I can Farkas see that. is a name. Oh man. It's those bug eyes. Those those crazy bug eyes he has are just jarring. I dig that. That's a good 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 take, Rudy. Uh I would probably I think the easiest person to recast is Dew Gray Scott. Um I do have another one, so I'm gonna switch to my backup. Um I would recast Tandy Newton. Um Tandy. And mostly Yeah, she's gone. Um and mostly because I remember getting excited for mission impossible three to come out. And I remember when it came out and just mild spoilers, um, but it, it's all at the very beginning of that movie. 
Um, Tandy Newton is not in that movie. Um, and Tom Cruise yeah. has a new person that he is into. And I was like, what? Like, do you guys not remember the last one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you guys not remember so the last one? <laughs> I was like, okay, so if you want to kind of continue that a little bit better, I think you could have potentially introduced um, oh, Michelle no, no. Monaghan. Yeah, thank you. Um, Michelle Monaghan. Uh, you could have introduced her in this movie. And if we were changing the way um, Tandy Newton's character was integrated into this movie, because all of us agree we don't really like how some of that was, probably you could plug Michelle Monaghan's character in as the same character as she was before um, and just incorporate her in some way in that. Yeah. Um, I think that would make things a little bit better in terms of moving into the next movie. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So I'd say, sorry, Tandy. Clean up some continuity errors. Yep. We got love for Tandy though. I especially love Tandy cakes. Oh, what's a What's a Tandy cake? Like one of those, those like vanilla cake things with peanut butter and then the whole thing's covered in like chocolate icing. I have no idea. That, that sounds heard delicious. Of that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving into our next segment, which is miscellaneous notes. I, I, I just have the one. Um, I want to take you guys back to the scene where uh, Tom Cruise and his cadre is trying to capture the uh, mastermind, the semi-mastermind doctor physician guy behind the uh, cure to this virus. Okay, they're trying to capture him to get information out of him, and they do this Brendan by Gleason. they do yes, they do this by going into his uh, his limo and trapping him in there. Now there's a scene where he is in there and he's trying to get the attention of the driver the driver's not paying attention to him and he looks down and he has to go underneath his briefcase actually and he sees the newspaper which the title of the newspaper is the front story is doctor dies by mysterious flu okay now i want to know how long it took them to go and print out and figure out like to get a picture of him print it out get, go to like a real newspaper printing facility and to for all this for the stupid minor detail that really did nothing to lure him in there all it did was freak him out in the five minutes before he passed out from the gases that they released in that limo so they just have imf they just have a template you submit a few photos that's right and they did that he could have very well just like continually panicked knocked on the window and the gas came and he never would have even seen the newspaper <laughs> <laughs> and nothing would have happened dude the payoff though is worth it i don't think it, i don't think it was like tom cruise up at like 2 a.m burning the midnight oil on adobe indesign just like doing some type layouts for the newspaper i think uh yeah i think sam's right they probably got the uh the headquarters to, to whip that bad boy up. that is a good point though it is not relevant at all <laughs> but it's tight yeah. it's good, great intimidation factor can you imagine if I had you in the back of a limousine and I showed you a newspaper that said you were dying tomorrow? <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense because like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're missing the point. It's not supposed to, none of it's supposed to make sense. Yeah, okay. <laughs> any other miscellaneous thoughts, notes, questions? Uh, just another awesome quote uh, by Anthony Hopkins. Tom, or uh, Ethan Hunt is like, all right, they're talking about convincing Tandy to go along with her plan and Ethan Hunt is like, it would be very difficult. 
and Anthony Hopkins is like, it's not mission difficult. It's mission impossible. <laughs> mission difficult. I was like, yeah. He, he just has so many, like, he's, I don't know. And his delivery is just, I, yeah, incredible. The one thing I respect the most about Anthony Hopkins is his willingness to do tiny parts in terrible movies. He was in uh, the most recent, or one of the most recent Transformers movies. Same kind of role, just like quick five minutes, get in, get out, get the check, and uh, do his whole like <laughs> Anthony Hopkins shtick. And it's great every single time. It's always great. See, like, how does that work, though? Like, today, and we should know this because we have a movie podcast, but do they say, like, okay, you're going to get paid, like, okay, we got to get Anthony Hopkins. We're going to pay him. It's $10 million for him to say 50 lines, but it's only $3 million for him to say two lines. Like, is that how it works? Is it all by amount that you're in the movie? I think so. No, I have no idea. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's Maybe like... Maybe he gets, like, uh, royalties. Royalties and perpetuity from the movie? Yeah, it's like percentage of gross or like percentage of of profit or something sometimes. I think guess how much Tom Cruise made in this movie. Not enough. Seventy five million. Ah. Oh, you looked it up, Rudy. Yeah. He's made <laughs> he's made two hundred and like eighty million dollars off the Mission Impossible series. Which is kind of sad considering RDJ made like five hundred million from Iron Man. It's not that sad. A lesser, Iron Man. A lesser a lesser performance. Yeah, big time. I love that fact. <laughs> okay, he did not make five hundred million from the first Iron Man, though. He no, made like no from, money from that movie. Yeah, I meant from all the Marvels. Yeah, yeah Tom Cruise should be the one with five hundred million right now. Yeah, he has that because he's the king of the Scientology. I, I think that means he doesn't have any of it, and that's why he keeps doing ridiculous stunts for crazy movies. Because now, now that's a take I like. Yeah, because he he's, he doesn't have any money, so because he has the to Church give of it Scientology all, has all his. They money. own him, so. That's why he's like the on the very very thin line between um, just sending it all for a movie and being completely insane. Yeah, and sometimes on a bit of both sides. So let's get into some of these uh, these impossible mission segments before we wrap it up, Sam. Absolutely. Um, so I have two segments that will be recurring um, through our Mission Impossible series. Um, and uh, actually, this will be interesting because we'll see if you guys are uh, <laughs> ranking it the same way you did last time, because um, I have it written down here. Uh, so I've got two kind of two different types of rankings uh, for <laughs> our Mission Impossible movies. We'll start with um, let's start with let's start with masks. So basically, okay. on a scale of one to ten, one being um, you really didn't like it. You thought it was really dumb. Um, you hope they never use masks like this ever again. Uh, and 10 being like, it was incredible. Like it like blew your mind when you saw it, you were like, thought it was really cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of pers- personal, um, opinion on use of masks. Who wants to, this is a, who wants to this start? Is a, this, movie, this movie is a 10 for that one scene and that one scene primarily and yeah. the uh, the complete shock. I mean, even like the the beginning scene where the guy's like calling him Damien, but it's Tom Cruise and you're just like, what is going on here? And it like sort of, you know, screws up your bearings and you're like, you feel like you're sort of watching the wrong movie for a second and then it like all starts coming together. But yeah, mostly that scene where uh, Tom Cruise is like actually, you know, 
Hugh and Hugh is actually Tom Cruise or whatever. Like great scene. Yeah. Great scene. 10, 10 out of 10. You can't, can't top it. All right. Sean, what, Sean, what do you got? I do one for that. (laughs) I can confirm you did do one. (laughs) I'm going to go with, I'm going to stay with the one. Yeah. I was trying to flip to the contrast there from Elijah to you. So <laughs> look at this guy. He's got the showbiz down. You want to elaborate? No. It's it's self-explanatory. Go to <laughs> yeah, okay. like uh an uh, an hour and thirty five minutes in or something when uh that famous mask scene is just terrible. That's the evidence. <sighs> All right. Well, you mean terribly amazing. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what I scored it last time, but I think a one is a, a fair score for this movie as well. Okay, so you did decrease by a point. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're at a solid two before. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to switch that to a 1.5. We're going to average that. Fine. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. Look at, what are you giving it to? Um, Go ahead, I, I'm going to say it, it is up there. Uh like uh like elijah alluded to that last scene and i think it helps because i have some nostalgia with this movie and i can recall the first time i saw it and being like seeing like the finger and like the cut and being like wait a second and then it revealing that like tom cruise stole the virus and is gone it's like what um yeah anyways i thought that was pretty stinking awesome um oh it is also how awesome is it that like there's a scene maybe in John Woo's extended cut where Tom Cruise or where uh, Ethan Hunt is like taking all his clothes off and taking all the other guys clothes off and switching yeah. their clothes, <laughs> putting them on to this unconscious man and then putting the mask on. I, I think that uh, not. Yeah, I think that could be a interesting extended cut. I don't think, see, I don't think he switched that many of his clothes. Like, I think he just switched, like, a jacket, maybe, and, like, a harness, or, like, a pair of boots. Like, I don't think it was that big of a switch. Because you look at what they're wearing, they're both pretty much just wearing, like, dark-colored tactical gear, (laughs) and then, like, a a schnazzy jacket over it. See, that's the thing. So it wasn't, like, that much of a switch. I So I never went back and checked. But I remember when I was watching the scene after, like, the switch had happened, I was like, well... That guy has green pants on. Did Tom Cruise have green pants on before? Like, yeah, weren't they black? I don't remember. So, anyways, I'm sure someone could check. I don't. I don't really want to. But but it, you know, <laughs> it, really it hinges on a, a, an important, very important fact, which is that dudes don't care what other dudes are wearing. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what anybody, any other man is wearing at any other point. It's just like irrelevant information. And so, like, no one is. Dugray Scott character, Scott's character. Ambrose or whatever is not looking at what Hugh is wearing. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. So he, you know, it could be just be a jacket change. Yeah. Count it. Ving Rhames would have noticed because he's all about of, you know. Ving definitely would. He's about the fits, man. Um, all right. Well, that takes us to our other um, rating system for these movies, uh, which I th- I would imagine we are going to be a little more on the same page on this one. Um, so I'll actually go. Um, I'll go first on this one. Obviously, Tom Cruise's hair, if we're ranking hair on a scale of 1 to 10, 
uh, is a 10. I don't think 10. it's going to get better. I think Elijah, yeah, you're the same page. What about you guys? 10. Yeah. I was thinking about this a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, I don't have... Because I have, I have the benefit of having some time to think about this. Because on the spot, I couldn't think of someone with long, luxurious hair. I blanked. But there are so many actors that have such better, like, long hair than Tom Cruise does in this movie. I don't get... Like, if you look at Matthew McConaughey in basically any movie, or even Bradley Cooper oh. with, like, the flow... Okay. It's just, like... It's... Th- this is, like, very mediocre he's got kind of thin hair that's why all of his other hairstyles stink like you know a guy's got great hair when like they have good hair no matter what like brad pitt brad pitt's hair in anything like once upon a time in hollywood tremendous even with the shaved head tremendous legend of the fall where it's just like girl hair fantastic (laughs) so i think that you guys are just a little bit overhyping tom cruise hair all that being said it is great and much better than the last one and i anticipate it being top top tier for the rest of this franchise so give it a 10 yeah Yeah, you're not you're not you're not really like you're not comparing it with like all of hair and all of movies in history you're just comparing it with tom cruise and tom cruise hair sure everybody knows floppy cruise is the best cruise yeah it's the best cruise i'd also say rudy those examples that you named um, they all came significantly after Tom Cruise, and I would argue mm. he set the tone for a oh, long let's time. Go. I'm tired of let's this. go. Um, that's the correct take. Set the tone for the flow. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I think in this movie, I don't think I, I have hair quite as long as his. But when I do have longer hair, that is, you know, what I would aspire uh, for my hair to look like. Let's um, go. Tom Tom Cruise's hair in Mission Impossible 2 walked so that uh, Bradley Cooper's hair in A Star is Born could run. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Whatever. Good take. Anyways, Rudy, you uh, you last time gave it an 8 and you switched to 10, so I'm going to give you a, a 9. Okay, great. <laughs> um, cool. Well, those are Love our it. rankings. Um, that's all I got. All right. Well, top twenty for anybody. I'm, I'm gonna have to revisit my top twenty because this. I think this might be in there. I gotta revisit it. Figure out which Mission Impossible is on there currently. Did you watch it since the last time we recorded? Because you like fell in love with it over the last week. Oh no, I loved it the last time we recorded too. I was just in, in a worse mood. I'm in a better mood now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got that adrenaline. Okay. That runner's adren- running adrenaline. <laughs> just wanted to check. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was this effusive the last time. The last 74 times we recorded this podcast. Um, and I guess it's nobody else's top no. twenty. No sorry. No, not for me. All right. Well, on that depressing note, let's wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Next week on the podcast, working on getting another special guest in. We're going to be trying to break down a uh, another 90s classic. I think it was the 90s. Was it the 80s? I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say. Uh, next week on the podcast, we're going to be discussing the Tom Selleck mustache classic quigley down under Ooh. quigley down under quickly quickly down under wow tom Selleck, alan rickman dude it's it's a it's a it's a motion picture for sure that i so, i wasn't sold on uh watching that one but uh i like both of those guys so <laughs> they're they're great it's a great movie yeah 
So stay tuned for that next week on the podcast. Um, Do all the things that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Reviews, subscribe, follows, whatever. You know know the drill. Um, If you want a shirt, bonfire.com slash loose concept. If you want a sweatshirt or a long sleeve, bonfire.com slash loose concept two. I put the links in the bio to this episode. Um, So yeah, go check that out if you're still interested in going that route. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks again, Sam, for coming on Thanks, and doing this series Thanks, with us. Yeah, guys. Happy to, to be here. Um, I, I get a, a bonus experience, uh, uh, one more than we were planning, I think, in the series. So. <laughs> That's right. Um, also, uh, thanks to the uh, interns for editing my volume. And uh, <laughs> apologies to the listeners if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll pass the word along down into their dungeon for them. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Remember to always keep Keep it loose. And keep it conceptual. I drink your milkshake. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Sack of wine. Now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. I am an FBI agent. I don't like Sam. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere.